now tuned into No One Watches Regular News No More podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Bogart, and this is episode 25. All right, y'all, welcome back to episode 25. Thank you for being able to listen and tune in, and I really appreciate your time. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into it, man. Let's talk about a Little Wayne. All right, so as we all know, Little Wayne caught a lot of heat for his meeting with Donald Trump. So it's a picture and, and it says this, uh, just had a great meeting with at real Donald Trump. Besides uh, what he's done so far with criminal justice reform, criminal reform, excuse me, the platinum plan is going to give the community real ownership. He listened to what we had to say today and assured he will and can get it done. So people are upset with little Wayne meeting with Donald Trump. Now, before, no one had a problem with Lil Wayne as a rapper. His lyrics, what he says, promoting drugs, gangs, violence, all that. It was not a problem. It's only after the fact that Lil Wayne got white approval. See, this is the issue with black people. Whenever you get white approval, people begin to get jealous. They envy you. They hate you. Why come they pick Little Wayne and not nobody else? Why was Little Wayne so important? What's what's so important about Little Wayne? Why can't they get anybody else? This is the exact same conversation I heard with D.L. Hughley and why he didn't like that Ice Cube went and met with the administration of Donald Trump. It's the exact same conversation. You're okay. Ice Cube fuck the police, NWA. Dope man, he has made numerous records. As long as Ice Cube is talking about something else and doing something else other than getting white approval, then you're safe. 50 Cent the same way. 50 Cent can talk about guns, drugs, sell dope, womanizer, disrespect women. But the moment he even mentions Donald Trump, Chelsea Handler had to remind him that he was black. So where does this we need white approval come from? Here's an example. You can be educated. You can go to college. You can get a degree. You can come back and do work in your own community as a black man. And you're trying to do something, something positive. But the moment you align yourself with other white people. You're viewed as a sellout, a coon, Uncle Tom, everything else. This is what happened to Little Wayne. Black people jumped down his throat because he was aligning himself with white people. Trying to do something positive. Anything that's positive is shot down. Anything that's positive is shot down. I can't tell you how many people I saw on social media Black people run to their social media page and begin to make videos just ranting and raving about how they hate Little Wayne, the cancel culture. They hate his guts now because simply because he met with the guy and he's trying to do something positive. What's wrong with that? The other day I saw a some stats and data. It said that it's more whites have been killed than blacks. There is black people that will argue the point that is not true 
that black people, that white people, excuse me, get killed more than black people. This is not true. That it should be black people get killed more than white people based on what they see on social media and in the news. But anybody with some common sense that's black to say, damn, I thought it, it was way more. That's actually a good thing that more black people are not getting killed as we, as we think by police. So if the stats and the data show that more whites get killed than blacks, why are you arguing the point that this is not true? It cannot be true. How is it that more whites get killed by police than blacks? There is black people who will argue with the data and the stats and say this is not true. It's impossible that more whites get killed than blacks by the police. This is the length that we'll go. We want white approval so much it hurts. And when I look over and I see Lil Wayne, 50 Cent, Ice Cube, and how they are treated, not by just the white liberals, but also by black people for trying to do something positive. Even as something as simple as voting, it's your civic duty to vote. Why are you mad about who I vote for? You didn't vote, so why are you mad about me voting? Why are you mad that I... A American citizen went out and registered to vote. After I did that, I went and voted. I did, I did my civic duty. It doesn't matter who I vote for. But it's a shame that Lil Wayne catches so much heat for simply doing something positive. It was an article that I was reading about Ice Cube and how Ice Cube was supposed to be on a Zoom call with Kamala Harris and 12 other celebrities, including D.L. Hughley. D.L. Hughley badmouthed Ice Cube for meeting with Donald Trump and doing something positive. He had a, came up with this uh, black contract, uh, this contract with black America. And people laughed at him for it because he met with Donald Trump. He did say that he tried to attempt to meet with the Democratic side and they turned him down. That's what he said. So this article talked about him being on the Zoom call. He turned it down. He said that it was not going to be productive. He's absolutely uh, it's absolutely true that it would not be productive that you're on a Zoom call with Kamala Harris and 12 other celebrities and you're talking about nothing. Once you come up with a plan of action, you put that plan into action. You don't continue to talk. And this has been the issue. Everybody wants to talk. Ice Cube wants action. I like that. The fact that Lil Wayne went and met with the guy, that's a good thing. Put the plan into action. But this is what happens when you seek white approval. When you seek white approval, we get mad whenever that one Negro gets selected. You don't like the fact that he got picked. You don't like the fact that he was chosen. You want to figure out why come you ain't get chosen. What's so special about him that he gets in and I don't get in? Hey, man, it's the fucking White House. Who don't want to go to the White House? You respect the office. Besides, it does not matter who is in the office. You respect it regardless. If you like the guy or not, you still respect the office. You know, it's an opportunity to go to the White House to meet the president. Who does not want to do that? I would. And it, and it don't matter who will be in there. 
I will be, it'll be an opportunity to go somewhere I've never been before, to see something I've never seen before. Go to the White House and to meet the President of the United States of America. It's that simple. But the jealousy, the envy, it shows you how we are. We like the white approval. You can be a young man do, doing something positive in your neighborhood, a young black man, and get no help from your own people. But the minute white people intervene and give you help, you're a sellout, you're Uncle, uh, Uncle Tom McCoon. In the movie Blindside, the exact same thing. Here is Michael, a homeless teenager who can play football. White people felt sorry for him. They took him in. They helped him out. They helped him get in college. He was drafted. At, and his own people rejected him. They mad at him because he got white approval. White people actually helped him out. People are mad. People are mad at, at little Wayne for what he did. He did, hey, man, he ain't, he ain't out here advocating for dope dealing and gang banging and drugs. He went and met with the president and talked about a platinum plan. And he said it would give people in the community real ownership. I can dig that. I can rock with that. What I'm not going to do is sit here and talk about racism, systematic racism, police brutality, all these low life issues that we keep talking about, criminal justice reform, all this shit. Over and over again, do something productive, put a plan into action. It's, it's time that people will stop talking and start acting. I'm OK with little Wayne going to go meet with the president. I'm OK. That's something good. That's something positive. That's OK. I won't shame him. Nobody should be guilty for it. But this is how we treat him. It shows that we don't say shit until white folks get involved. We don't say nothing. We perfectly quiet with them doing whatever they doing. Drug dealing game. We're, we're perfectly fine with that. But the minute some white people get involved, we get mad. That's how we act. Here's an, another example of how people will argue with a stato data. It says under Trump, black prison rate lowest in 31 years. Hispanics down 24%. This is article. America's imprisonment rate has dropped to its lowest level since 1995, led by a dive in the percentage of blacks and Hispanics sent to jail during the Trump administration, according to the new Justice Department tally. This is an article. For minorities, the focus of President Trump's First Step Act prison and criminal justice reform plan the rate is the lowest in years so what do you say that this is a good thing or a bad thing people will argue just because it's donald trump a racist white guy this is not true this is not true this cannot be true that blacks are going to prison at a much lower rate it must must be higher than that it must be higher for the hispanics it must be higher hey man what do you want the prison rate to be lower for blacks and, and Hispanics? What do you want it to be lower? Why would you want it to be higher? Why would you advocate for this? Just because you don't like the guy, you want the fucking prison rate 
to be higher and not lower. It says lower in 31 years. So this would be a good stat, a good thing. But people will argue this shit and say, no, that's not true. Across the decade, from 2009 to 2019, the imprisonment rate fell 29% among black residents, 24% among Hispanic residents, and 12% among white. In 2019, the imprisonment rate of the black residents was the lowest it has been in 30 years since 1989, said the the report. So this would be a good thing, not a negative thing. Like I said earlier, with the data when it comes to police shooting more whites and blacks, it's more whites that have been shot and killed by police than blacks. We will argue the fact that this is not true. It got to be more blacks getting killed than whites. This is not true. That's the length we'll go to prove something is, is not correct just to prove that we are right based on our negative mindset. This is what we do. We will argue this data. If something proves that it was not true about blacks when it comes to a stereotype, we will argue that and say it's not true. It's sad and pathetic that we are so hell-bent on white approval. This number should be higher. If it was Biden, we would not have issue. If this was Joe Biden and the prison rate was higher and not lower, this would be a problem. But the fact that it's Donald Trump, this cannot be correct. This cannot be correct. It's sad and pathetic that we will go to the depth to prove some data to be incorrect based on who we don't like. All right, this next story is about T.I. T.I. gets called out by victims of a restaurant incident for not speaking to them first. Uh, so William Johnson and his wife, Kaylin, uh, were at the center of a controversy from an incident that occurred at a restaurant in Atlanta. Now, Atlanta is a very black restaurant. Now, the couple were asked to leave this restaurant in Atlanta because the husband, William, had on Air Force One, so he was asked to leave. When it's stated that those shoes are against the dress code. So based on the dress code, those shoes aren't allowed. So he was asked to leave. Things began to heat up during the confrontation when it was pointed out that a white woman at the bar was wearing sneakers, but she wasn't being asked to leave. Now, of course, T.I. got involved and caught wind of this and uttered a potential boycott of this restaurant because the guy was being put out over his Air Force Ones. But Johnson had a few words for the rapper T.I. for receiving an apology for the owner and accepted it on the behalf of the couple. And this is what they said. This for Tip. Y'all repost this to Tip for me. Tip, you, had, you didn't reach out to us at all and you spoke on our behalf. You spoke to a gentleman without even reaching out to us. You went, you didn't go to the issue. He never apologized on your video. All he spoke of was his connections and what he could do better for himself or his business. It wasn't about what's going on with us, how I feel, how I feel threatened, how he, you know, how he actually treats people from our community. I know y'all friends with him. He managed a lot of y'all rappers before in Atlanta. He told us about his past. He told how much he gave to Keisha Lance Bottoms, how much he knows all the celebrities in Atlanta, how they eat at all his restaurants. This isn't going to do anything. I have relationships with these people. 
and I, I'm just disappointed. Like, it took a long time for you to even respond to this. And I know it's in the city of Atlanta. You've seen it from day one, and I see why. And you, you never reached out to us, and that hurts. Um, All right, so you heard what the guy said, William Johnson. Uh, again, uh, T.I. gets called out um, by the victims because they said that T.I. did not speak to them first before going to the owners and accepting the apology on their behalf. So the guy was saying that T.I. never came to them, that he was disappointed in, in T.I. for doing this. Um, the man was kicked out of a Atlanta restaurant over Air Force Ones. Now, based on the dress code policy of the restaurant, he could not have these on. And, of course, T.I. threatened to have a potential boycott over what happened. Um, but the argument is Air Force One. So let's talk about this for, for a second. Air Force Ones. Now, I know for a fact in Dallas, Texas, it's clubs that you, can, you cannot get into where a lot of black people go to. Black clubs. To where they say that you cannot get in this club wearing that outfit. You cannot get into this club wearing those shoes. Why? Because those shoes might symbolize trouble. Air Force Ones, Timberlands, Jordans, the hip-hop outfits. To them, this symbolizes trouble and you cannot get in and this is their dress code policy. Based on their dress code, we will not let you in this club, this establishment, because you have that thug outfit on. So this guy had on Air Force One, so he had half a thug outfit on. A, a, a pair of shoes that symbolizes trouble. And this is how people think, this is how they discriminate against you. Based on what they see, what they encounter, if you look like trouble, this is normal. So if you go into a certain club in Dallas and they say, look man, this grown and sexy, you cannot get into this club wearing that shit. They would turn you away. It's that simple. But... You won't sit there and argue and say, well, why come I can't get into the club? No, he just told you, based on our dress code, we don't allow people wearing those shoes, that outfit, into this club. It has happened to me plenty of times. And I did not stand there and argue with the person at the door or nothing. I left. Why would I risk myself that embarrassment? I've already been embarrassed. I've been rejected. I can't get in. So why would I argue and embarrass myself even further public embarrassment by standing there and arguing with the owner of the club or whoever and trying to make this uh, the uh, argument that why can't I get in? They, they got in wearing that, blah, blah, blah. You just got rejected. Why can't we accept rejection? It's like back in the day if I asked a uh, a girl that was that was really pretty for her phone number. And she said, hell no, nah, motherfucker. I, I ain't giving you my phone number. I got a boyfriend. You ugly anyway. Hey, man, I just got rejected. I'm not going to sit there and argue with the girl over why she did not give me her phone number. She already embarrassed me in public anyway. So why drag it out and further the public embarrassment? Just leave. It's that simple. Just leave. And he didn't want to leave over some Air Force Ones. The owner said, look, you can't get in here with those shoes on. It's, a, it's against dress code policy. You got on half a thug outfit. So why? I, I am not going to let you in. It's that simple. It's no different. Again, it's no different than being in Dallas, Texas. 
and you go to a, a grown and sexy club and they say you ain't getting in, in here with that outfit that symbolizes trouble. Nope, ain't going to do it. You are not getting into this club wearing that outfit, them shoes that symbolize trouble. We all know what people look like. We all the time, we discriminate against people all the time. I do it. Even now, I do it. I admit I do it. You don't want to be around nobody. Nobody that might look the part. You look like trouble. I don't want to be around you. If you look like trouble, if you wear those those clothes, them shoes that symbolizes trouble, I don't want to be around you because that's going to bring unwanted attention that I don't need. So this guy got kicked out, kicked out of a, of a restaurant because of his, because of his Air Force Ones and then had the nerve to try to point out a white woman. This is Atlanta, a black city. There's, there's other black people that go to their restaurant and even though this happened and he got put out over his shoes black people would still go to that same restaurant it, do, it, it don't matter so again why can't we accept rejection and just move on and not risk the public embarrassment that he has gone through already all he had to do was just walk away oh okay I ain't know and just leave I would have much like the story that I just went over about the guy in the restaurant in Atlanta embarrassing himself over his shoes. Um, this is another story of embarrassment. Um, Walter Wallace Jr., if you recall, uh, this young man was shot by the police. He was um, holding a knife going to get law enforcement. So Walter William Jr.'s family called for justice, but dig this but does not demand murder charges in shooting by the Philadelphia police. This is embarrassment. It's embarrassing because you did all that protesting, looting, and doing all this dumb shit only for the family to then state, we don't want charges against the officers. A lawyer for the Walter Wallace Jr.'s family said Thursday that Wallace was clearly suffering mental distress when Philadelphia police officers shot him this week. But he said Wallace's relatives are not demanding murder charges in the case, saying the police officers lacked the training to handle the encounter. So they are saying, look, they just didn't have the proper training. So how embarrassing is this? That you do all this on his behalf, what you think. And then the family say the officers just lack the training to, to deal with the encounter. This is embarrassing. So this is what happened when you overreact, you jump to conclusions, and this is exactly what people did. So the family's attorney said early Thursday he had watched body camera footage from the shooting. Police arrived at the scene Monday after Wallace family members called for help multiple times amid what Johnson admit what Johnson describes as chaos and medical concerns in the home in Philadelphia. There was a person in obvious mental health crisis, Johnson said, adding that Wallace family had asked for the whole buffet of services from 911, including police officers, but said those who showed up were not prepared for what they found. 
The officers arriving on the scene shot and killed Wallace, a 27-year-old black man, setting off successive nights of protest, looting, and property damage. His death is the latest chapter in the often painful history between the city's police department and many of the people that live in the city. Police say the officers who encountered Wallace were responding to a call about a man with a knife. The police union's president said Wallace was aggressively, aggressively approaching the officers. Wallace families had said he was in the midst of a mental crisis and wondered why responding officers did not use a taser to subdue him. The police department later said either neither officers were equipped with the lethal with the less lethal device. I I understand he had a knife. That does not give you uh the right to execute that man, Johnson said. So this is a embarrassment. The family does not want the officers to be charged with the murder of Walter Wallace because they are saying that he had a mental problem. How embarrassing is this to do all this and the family said, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want murder charges filed against the, the officers that did this. We call for justice, but does not demand murder charges and shooting by the officers in Philadelphia. They're saying no. That he had some kind of mental problem. The officer lacked the training. So really, it's not their fault. That's what he's saying. It's the training. Is what is, is how they're being taught in the academy. This is the issue. So this is very embarrassing. If you are people that were involved in looting, burning of property, if you are the person that posted things on social media in an emotional way, the family just said, we call for justice, but do not demand murder charges in the shooting of Walter Wallace Jr. at the hands of the Philadelphia Police Department. That's embarrassing. That's really embarrassing when you think about it. All right, so Lizzo says she's tired of being an activist, an activist because she's fat and black. So here's what she had to say. I'm sick of being an activist just because I'm fat and black. I want to be an activist because I'm intelligent, because I care about issues, because my music is good, because I want to help the world. All right, so you heard what she said. Uh, the interview is on David Letterman's Netflix series, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. Uh, there she is interviewed by David Letterman, and uh, you know she talks about this. Now, she said, I'm tired of being an activist just because I'm fat and black. So the first part, now, she's a bigger girl. You know, people are using, especially women that's overweight, that are, that are trying to start this body positivity movement. Uh, they won't admit it, but, you know, they are insecure about their body. So this is a way so they can feel good about themselves. Um, it was the singer Adele. She lost a lot of weight. Uh, she was overweight. Now she's thinner. And I remember reading comments online, people going in on her for losing weight. So people are never, even though you want to do it for a healthy reason, people are never satisfied with what you do. 
So Lizzo is in the same boat. But people expect her because she's a black woman and she's overweight to speak up when it comes to certain things, social issues, body positivity. You know, don't shame women for being overweight. You know, don't shame shame women for being unhealthy. You know, just make them feel good about their bad health. This is where we're at right now in, in America to where it's not OK to shame people no more. It's not OK to tell them the truth. Um, her being black, so people expect you, especially as as a celebrity athlete, entertainer, they expect you to speak up and say something and be social. Uh, um, care about social issues like prison reform, issues with policing, those things. So she's expected to be the voice because of who she is. But most importantly, her image and her skin color. But it's exhausting when you are a black person and you want to be involved, but then you get ridiculed for what you do as it's not good enough. You didn't do it the way I thought that you should have. I don't like that. So it's exhausting. So I know what she means when she says I'm just tired of being an activist just because I'm black and fat. I want to be taken seriously. And that's the thing with black folks who get involved with um, these social issues, you know, who want to make a change. Sometimes it's exhausting because when you look at the landscape of the people that you have to satisfy, you know for a fact that they they will never be happy with what you do. Even if Lizzo was an overweight girl and she talked about being overweight in a negative way. People would attack her if she lost weight and said, I lost weight because I was unhealthy. People would attack her because they they would feel like she abandoned the whole body positivity movement. Why is it that if you're overweight, you're not uh, and you're not healthy, it's a good thing. But if you are a female and you're very skinny, you're unhealthy. You know, that's that's not seen as a good thing. So if you are a, a big, thick girl like Lizzo. You know, you are expected to feel good about yourself and not be insecure, even though she does have some insecurities. Every woman has something about them that they would like to change. I guarantee you this. And I understand what she was saying by I'm just tired of being fat and black. When you're a black person, you are expected to play one side and not abandon your race, not betray your race. You should care about these social issues. Even though you don't really care, you are expected to pretend like you care. And that's the thing about how exhausting it is sometimes. To where you have to care about these things. So I understand exactly what she means when she said, I'm just tired of being fat and black. Tired of being an activist because I'm fat and black. People will use you for the benefit. They will use you for a for anything they want. And this is where she's at right now, and this is how she feels. And I understand completely. Alright, so that brings me to the conclusion of this podcast. No one watches regular news no more, hosted by me, 
Kerry Bogo, I will be back real soon with more topics. Stay tuned. And thank you again for being able to listen.